Welcome, if this is your first time, welcome. Um, I hope as the morning's been going on, you've you felt at home, you felt a sense of God amongst us. So, this morning, we're um, carrying on with our, our new series, Emulate, um, which, as the title says, it's becoming more like Jesus. Um, more like Jesus in his, I don't know, his attributes of character, I guess, his, his behaviours, his, his kindness, his love, um, the way he was with people. That's what we want to become as his followers. Um, and so we just started this series last week. Rob introduced us, um, touching base on an earlier thing we were looking at about um, becoming more like Jesus. Um, and over the next few weeks, we're really looking at you know, how to really take on um, and what it really means, doing the kind of things that Jesus did and looking at those attributes like kindness, forgiveness, mercy, love, all these things. And, and today we're talking about kindness. Um, and yeah, when Rob first spoke to me about this a couple of weeks ago, we were talking and um, I guess the main scripture, um, if there's a scripture to keep in your mind throughout what I'm saying this morning, it's scripture from uh, Romans 2, um, and it should be there on the screen, and uh, yeah, he's just, he's just talking to these people, and he's talking to them about not passing judgment, um, but I'm just going to skip through this, and I'll highlight the, the bit I'm really looking at, it says, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realising, and this is the, this is the bit, that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? And so that's what I uh, started thinking on um, over the last few weeks, how it's the kindness of God to us, working in us, that leads us to repentance, that leads us to change. Um, and I imagine um, there's elements in all our lives we'd like to change, big or small. And there's certainly things about the world, society around us, we'd like to change um and so bearing in mind as i as i carry on that it's the kindness of god to us that has led to change um certainly is for me um i don't know whether i'm a particularly kind person or not generally but i know i'm a whole lot kinder when i've got god at work in my life um kindness is not a uh it's not a Christian thing. Um, it's not exclusive to Christians. You know, everyone can be kind. Every faith, every race, every kind of person can show um, kindness. And you do see some amazing acts of kindness. I was scrolling through different things on YouTube and there's all these random acts of kindness. Um, 
some of which have been talked about, someone just paying for someone's meal or uh, seeing someone broken down and just stopping and helping. And, you know, there's, there's lots of examples of kindness out there. Um, and kindness can really, it can really restore our faith in humanity, can't it? Because there's so much bad press out there. You hear so much negativity. And then when you see these little bits of kindness that going on, you're like, thank goodness, you know, there is, there's some faith, faith in humanity, there's some goodness out there still. Um, but for me, you know, kindness on its, in itself has its own merit. It has its own value. Um, but what I really want to do, um, I want my kindness, I want our kindness not to point to our goodness, but to point to the goodness of God. Um, because it's his kindness that's led us to the place we are now, that led us to uh, be here this morning. Um, kindness. Our, our faith in humanity, I guess, it, well, not I guess, it does. It Ultimately, it rests on Jesus um, and what he's done for us. Uh, and that's why I want to show kindness to people that doesn't think, oh, he's a good guy or isn't Hazel amazing? She's always picking up litter or whatever. But I want them to look at us and think, do you know what? There's something different about those people. Um, there's something different about them. Okay, they do these nice things. But actually, there's something else. There's something else I can't quite put my finger on. And I want to know what it is. Um, because... We are um, God's representatives here on earth. Um, when people see Christians, they see us. Um, obviously not just us, um, but we are his hands, his feet. Uh, what we say, what we do, how we behave, our words. If we are the Christians, that's what people pick up on. No pressure. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, I guess I just want to sort of say at this point, you know, we're not perfect. Um, far from perfect. We are all a work in progress ourselves. And so everything that we look at this morning, please don't beat yourself up. This isn't about, there's this benchmark um, and you must be there or you're a terrible person. Um, it's not about that. Uh, it's about, you know, Jesus gave us an example um, he showed us how to live. He showed us his actions. And so we need something to aim at. Um, and I don't think it helps us shying away from the ultimate example of Jesus. Because um, we have to set our bar high so that we, I don't know, get down here somewhere. If we set it down here, then we'll probably settle down here. And um, it's, you know, it's because of what God has done in us that we've got any chance of doing these things for other people. So, um, yeah, what I said this morning might slightly overlap with maybe what Rob said last week or what Rob will say next week. Um, but I think a lot of the characteristics of Jesus all kind of intermingle a bit. Um, so what we're going to do is um, have a quick look at some scriptures um, of how Jesus interacted with people here on earth. Um, <clears throat> Just, I'm just, I've just taken a few. Um, 
There's probably hundreds of things that we could look at in the Bible um, of how Jesus was with people, and we could be here till next week. And you... Let's have a look at a few scriptures. Um, the first one we're going to look at is in John 4, um, and it's the woman at the well. So, no, not woman at the well, sorry. Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. So I'm just going to read this bit. It's, uh, I don't know whether to read it all, but um, it gives us a bit of context. So, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Because the Jews didn't associate with Samaritans, especially not a woman. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I gave them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to her, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. He told her, and this is a bit, Go, Call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. And then they go on... um, And he talks a bit more, and uh, she goes back to her village, and she says, I've just met this man. And so it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. All I really want to pick up from that is, initially, you know, Jesus is there. He's on his own. All his other disciples have left him. They've gone off to get food. And he breaks the cultural sort of uh, what he should be doing. He, he approaches the woman, so that's the first thing he shouldn't be doing. He's a Jew, she's a Samaritan. They're not best of friends. Um, and then the fact that she's a woman, 
and he's talking to her. It's a bit of a social no-no as well. And then the bit I really want to sort of pick up on is he says to her, you know, you've had five husbands and the man that you're now living with is not your husband. And culturally at that time, you know, that's, that's, that's wrong. Certainly as a Jew, you know, that's, that's sinful. <clears throat> but notice Jesus' response to her in that situation. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. He, he offers her something. He offers her forgiveness. He offers her life. And she takes hold of it and she goes back. And she spreads that word. She spreads that word of kindness to everyone in her village. And then because of that, because of that act, many Samaritans believe in the man Jesus and that he's the saviour. So it seems obvious, but, you know, he could have met that situation in a very different way. He could have said, you know, well, he could have not spoke to her at all. Um, But the fact that he did and then went on about husbands, you know, he could have just took the moral high ground and said, well, you need to go home, you need to stop living with that man or you need to marry him, you need to do this, do that, do that. But he didn't. He just came to her as as a friend. He came to her in compassion and kindness. And uh, because of that, she was able to receive what he was saying and it it had a, a massive effect on the people around her. Next one is in John 8, verse 1 to 11. Uh, the adulterous woman. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down instead and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now, leave your life of sin. It's, uh, It's an amazing story. Um, if you can sort of picture yourself there uh, incredible you know um, what would you have done in that situation Um, very difficult uh, because what the Pharisees were doing they weren't being dishonest Um, that's what the law of Moses said Um, according to the law this woman deserved to be stoned she deserved to die and again Jesus didn't come to her with that response he didn't 
give in to that, that social pressure, that religious pressure. Um, he wasn't bothered about looking right or backing up the law in that way. All he cared about was this woman and helping her and seeing her change. And, um, yeah, that really gets me that story, you know, because he was, you know, he was strong enough <clears throat> to do the kind thing. Um, and I heard a quote recently, um, which sort of reminded me of that story, um, I don't know if you can apply this to every context. I think the guy who quoted it was saying you can. But he said, when you have a choice to do the right thing or do the kind thing, do the kind thing. Um, and that's what Jesus did. You know, according to the law, the right thing was to stone her. It was to bring judgment. It was to condemn. But that wasn't the heart of Jesus. He, uh, he just loved her. Uh, the third, the third um, example um, I want to talk about is uh, Zacchaeus. We're just we're just skipping over these scriptures because I'm not particularly trying to pull loads out of them. They're just examples, really, um, of how Jesus lived and how we can live. Hopefully, we never find ourselves in a situation where we're having to decide whether to stone someone or not. Um, but every day. I know I find myself in a situation where I can be kind or not. Um, and I'll come on to that later. Um, so, yeah, looking uh, in Luke 19, um, got this chap, Zacchaeus. So, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. It's amazing when you, um, I don't know how many times I've read that story, um, but that first bit I got completely wrong in my memory. For some reason I had it in my head that Zacchaeus was up a tree because the crowd had chased him there. Um, I don't know if there's any Bible, any story in the Bible like that, but that was, that was why he was in the tree in my initial head. Um, but obviously it wasn't, it's because he was, he was rather short, um, so he's up in the tree. Um, but you may or may not know that tax collectors um, amongst the Jewish people were not best thought of. Um, they 
basically did the Romans bidding, extorted taxes um, from their own people and basically feathered their own nests at the expense of uh, their mates, if you like. Um, and so the Jews didn't think too kindly of them. Um, but here again, you know, he's, interestingly, he's up in the tree because he's heard about Jesus. Um, he wasn't just up in the tree because that's where he liked hanging out or he saw a crowd of people. He was up in the tree because how Jesus was with other people had spread to wherever Zacchaeus was. Um, and Zacchaeus knew that the man that was coming was the kind of man that we know Jesus to be. He was a miracle maker. He was kind. He was loving. He was compassionate. He was merciful. And I don't think Zacchaeus probably often felt many of those things from the people around him. And so here's Zacchaeus reaching out. He's in the tree. And he sees Jesus and he says, basically, help me, you know. I want to change how I've been. I'll just, I'll change it. I'll give money back. Um, again, Jesus' response, there's no judgment. There's only kindness. There's only forgiveness and mercy. And he says, Zacchaeus, it's all right. Come down. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to give you a hard time about how you've been living your life. You want to change? Let's, um, let's do that together. You know, I want to come and eat at your house. And, uh, you know, Jesus got stick for that. Um, Jesus often got stick for how he was with other people. Um, because society wanted to point the finger. It wanted to pass the blame. <clears throat> Very much like it is today. You know, it's uh, an eye for an eye. You know, justice must be done. Um, but Jesus just turned all that on its head. Um, and we'll look at that in a minute. Um, but you know what I what I get from all these things and uh, I guess what I get from Jesus in general is people didn't get what they deserved. Um, people were living their lives, you know, some in some great sin, you know, um, adultery. Um, you know, we know of other stories of, you know, prostitution. Um, all sorts of society issues, um, no different to today. Um, I don't think society's got any any worse or any or any better. Um, society, you know, the heart of man, mankind, womankind, however you want to put it, has always been the same. Um, and uh, but Jesus, Jesus wasn't there to condemn, and He doesn't condemn us today. And if we who have been shown such kindness and forgiveness and mercy, if we have been shown that by Jesus and he has made us alive, he has filled us with his Holy Spirit, you know, how much, how much do we need to be that to other people, to those we meet in our daily lives? As I said earlier, we're the Christians, we're the people who proclaim to be followers of Jesus, um, this is a lot to follow. Um, this is this is how he lived, and uh, we've got to be this way to other people. I just want to look at a few little scriptures. Um, some of these are 
quite hard-hitting um, about things that Jesus said, things that other people said about how to live our lives. Again, at this point, just want to remind us this isn't about beating ourselves up. Um, God knows exactly where we are, and he's all right with that. Um, all he asks us is to do our best. Um, so, how should we be living? Um, let's look at Luke 6, verse 35. Um, very tough scripture. Um, Love your enemies. Uh, but to you who are listening, so this is Jesus speaking to the crowd around him. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, <clears throat> what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. <clears throat> be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Tough. Um, I don't know when the last time someone slapped you on the cheek and you turned the other one was. Um, or lent someone some money and never asked for it back. Or, you know, if someone wants to lend me their jacket this morning, that's fine. I won't also ask for your shirt. Uh, I knew a guy, I knew a guy some years back in a different church who, uh, he, uh, it was a bit of a rough and ready environment. And um, he put this one to the test, kind of. Uh, in his example, he, he was with some guy. Um, conflict started building. Uh, <laughs> this guy punched him. <clears throat> um, and I think he may have even said at the time, you've got to turn the other cheek now. And this guy was like, Okay. And he turned the other cheek and he punched him again. Um, and then after that, the guy who got punched proceeded to beat the living daylights out of him because he said, Jesus never said anything after that. Um, you know, and <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely sure that's what Jesus was getting at. Um, you know, there's that, that, that whole scripture about how many times should I forgive, you know, 70 times seven and all that. And, uh, I think the idea is that we, we keep on forgiving, um, not just give people a, a boundary and once they break it, you know, vent our fury upon them. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's interesting, you know. Um, uh, and, you know, it's... Yeah. 
It's how Jesus lived, isn't it? Um, Jesus never fought back. Um, you know, when he was being accused of things, he didn't pipe up and justify himself. He didn't didn't try and say, oh, actually, no, you got that all wrong. Um, you know, when he was being crucified, he, um, you know, he, he paid the price for us. Um, and, you know, that's the ultimate kindness, wasn't it? That was the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate love. Um, and, yeah, he just, he just demonstrated that throughout his entire, through entire, his entire life. Um, you know, kindness, kindness isn't easy. Uh, I'll share with you a, um, I'll share with you a, so I had a situation at work on Friday, um, absolute fail. Um, I got up Saturday morning and I was thinking about this and I've been thinking about kindness for a few weeks now and uh, got these love NN tokens and so I've been like, right, kindness, 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 be kind to people. <sighs> Friday night, so been a long day at work, long day, it's been a long week, um, all sorts of stuff going on, mum's been in and out of hospital, um, I've been away on a management training course, and that was pretty intense. Get back to work, got to catch up, working in the evenings, um, all the normal sort of Friday problems and whatever. Anyway, uh, we closed at four on a Friday, and uh, about five to four, someone comes up to me and says, someone's broken down in our car park, um, and they can't move their car because of such and such. And I was like, okay, righto. And everyone's going home, um, locking up, you know, early finish on a Friday, and we'd sort of decided who was going to stay late and... So me and this other person ended up staying. Uh, and, uh, you know, this guy, I, I knew him a little bit. Um, not the easiest of characters. Uh, but, you know, so he'd, he'd broken down. He hadn't said to us, by the way, I've broken down. Um, are you okay staying late while the RAC comes and sort my car out? Um, just assume we would. Um, and so it's like, in fact, that, yeah, about four o'clock we said to him, do you know what time they're going to arrive? And he got shirty with us that we were asking. Um, and then at about, I don't know, sort of half past four and thinking, okay, I wonder how long this is going to go on for. Um, sort of popped my head out the door. First RAC man hadn't been able to sort it out. Um, and everyone's just standing around, they're having a laugh, we're inside, wanting to go home. No one's come and said to us, by the way, this is what's going on, you're right to wait for a bit longer. And so he's just thinking, this guy's just mugging me off, you know. He's just, you know. Ah. Anyway, it's like five to five, so I've been standing there for pretty much an hour now. He's not said anything, um... Pops my head out the door and I was like, how's it getting on? And the RAC man says, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be done soon. But I can always push it out the gates if need be. I was like, okay, great. That would have been nice to know three quarters of an hour ago. Um, so anyway, five o'clock, they, they pushed it out the gates and uh, we, we locked up and um, drove out, 
drive past a guy. He didn't acknowledge us. He didn't wave to us. He didn't say, thanks for staying an hour late. Um, and I'm driving around thinking, I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking. Um, but they weren't kind thoughts. Um, and I got up Saturday morning and I was like, oh, man. Thinking about this, thinking about this love NN. And I've got a stack of tokens at home. I've not used any of them. And I'm thinking that was like the perfect opportunity because not once did we say to him, would you like a drink? Um, the guy was in a T-shirt and after about 20 minutes, he went and sat in the RAC van. We didn't invite him in. Um, we didn't ask the RAC guys if they wanted a drink. Uh, could have been the hero, you know, on so many levels with that opportunity. Um, but because the guy had annoyed me, um, because he broke down and he's having a bad day, you know, <laughs> I just totally, it was totally about my inconvenience. I didn't take into account that, you know, his car's just broken. Um, and it's, he's probably not feeling that great and he's standing in a T-shirt and bloody blah, blah, blah. So anyway, it's not easy, is it? Um, it's not easy to be kind sometimes, but we all have these opportunities. And if we had been, then, you know, they could have gone away and thought, what a great bunch of people. You know, they were really helpful. And I thought, if I was in that situation, I'd have liked someone to have done all those things for me. And I thought, what a great company. Um, anyway, fail. But it's all right. I've got all of next week to try again. Um, so I just want to look at uh, a couple of a couple of short little scriptures um, about what enables us um, to do these things. Um, so quick look at Galatians 5 verse 22. So, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying with each other. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Without these things, it's very hard, isn't it? You know, if we are to take that thing about loving your enemies and all the other things in there, I have got no hope without the fruit of the Spirit working in my life. Um, and I'd say we're probably all the same. Unless you are naturally just the most incredible, kind person out there. Um, very difficult. Uh, and just move on to the next one. Colossians 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has agreements against someone forgive as the lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity so all these things that give us any chance um, of being these things and we do these things because, coming back to that initial scripture, 
Christ did it for us. Um, I want people to see Christ in me. I want people to see Christ in us. You know, I would love, you know, these scriptures we've been looking at about loving your enemies, um, clothing ourselves with kindness, humility. It sounds like a great bunch of people, doesn't it? It sounds like a bunch of people who could change the world around them, who could change their family, who could change their work, who could change Daventry or Lungbuckby or whatever. And that's who God calls us to be. Um, God calls us to be influencers, influencers um, in, our, in our everyday lives, in our neighborhoods, in our work, um, with our partners, um, just in life. Um, because we're his people. He's done an amazing work in our lives. Um, you know, his, his undeserved sacrifice for us on the cross. You know, he did that for us, whether we would ever accept him or not. He chose to die for us, whether we would say, great, or whether we'd say, no thanks. And that's, that's an amazing heart of love and mercy and kindness. And I want that to be what drives me. Um, I don't want to be kind because it makes me look good. We all like to look good and it gives us a feel-good factor. But I want to be kind. I want to be loving and forgiving because Jesus did it for me first. Um, and that's, that's, the, um, that's the basics, really, um, of what I want to talk about uh, just want to finish with one one scripture um, in Titus three. Um, and it's saved in order to do good. So it's remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Saviour, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously, through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. <clears throat> this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Doing good to those who don't deserve it. That would be, uh, I don't know, if I had a strap line this morning, um, maybe that would be it. Um, God was good to us who didn't deserve it. Can we be good to those around us who don't deserve it? Or those who do deserve it. You, know, you don't have to just go around looking for difficult people. Trust me, they will present themselves to you. Um, <coughs> but let's be that, let's be that people. Let's be um, an amazing bunch of people that do these acts of kindness, the random acts of kindness, the whatever acts of kindness, um, 
that speak volumes to people. Um, and that people see us and they say they're different, you know. And when someone does do something, I think half the time when people do something annoying, we know they're being annoying and they expect a certain response half the time. But what if we can give them a different response? What if we can say, that's, that's all right, no worries, don't worry about it. What if I cannot swear at people in my head when they don't give way to me um, at traffic lights or, you know, the things that rile me and rile us in everyday life? And maybe you say something, maybe you don't. But what if we could be those people who actually take hold of Jesus, who take hold of his spirit that enables us to be those people? Wouldn't, we, wouldn't, we, wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't, wouldn't the love that people see in us, the care for we, that we have for each other and for our, our colleagues, our family, our friends. You know, we would want to be people that people want to be around. Um, so I'm just going uh, to pray. Um, and then I think Paul um, is going to come up.